Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So Chris is in Florida right now. Yay. She's almost there to the stage. Uh, (laughs) So we were just talking right before we hopped on and you're going to tentatively go on stage Eastern Standard Time at noon. Is that right? They say say the pros go on around noon on Saturday. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The amateurs are going before us. So I think that's, I think different than what I've seen in the past. So we'll, we'll see how many amateurs Joe Pichula has been really advertising the show. So I assume there's going to be a good, good turnout of athletes, especially in Florida. There's a lot of competitors down here. Yeah. They usually do like a hard stop for the IFBB just, and then they usually give you guys more time to like kind of sleep in, relax, like do the hair and makeup. I remember in Phoenix at the women's uh, one, it was like, we were, um, you know, we had to go super, super early. And then the pros had like a certain time in the afternoon. And then we went last in the evening and they went first. So they got to bed on time and also yes. didn't have to wake up early. So yeah, there's <laughs> perks to being a pro for sure. Yeah, The time was really nice. I remember seeing that we weren't going great in the morning and I was like, oh, I hopefully it will help me sleep a little bit better so that I'm not like, oh my gosh, I need to wake up. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the list at all at this point? Someone sent me the list and I was like looking at it like this because I was like, well, I'm sure I was like, do I want to see who's there? Um, but then my TC, my boyfriend's like, just look at it. It's going to make you crazy if you're like, who's on it. So, uh, yeah, I did take a look at it and I think there's like 19, 19 or 20 pros coming. That's not Uh, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a good size. And I recognized a couple names. Um, but again, I'm like still like fairly new to like IFBB. So it'll be exciting. I see it as a privilege to share the stage with other pros. So yeah, absolutely. uh, Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be cool. I'm excited to watch. I'm going to watch the live stream from St. Louis. Well, I'm at a volleyball tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Travel, travel. Yes. Okay. So speaking of travel, I think that's a good segue into kind of what we're going to talk about. Um, You know, our main topic is habit building. And I know we've talked about habits before and developing those, but I think that a lot of people don't understand when they see the product of what a stage body looks like. They think, oh, like this person has crazy genetics, like where there's not really a secret sauce to getting to that elite level in terms of like it's putting in the everyday work, the consistent behaviors, those habits that, you know, our brains love to be on autopilot. Our brains love exerting the least amount of energy possible. So I'm sure our listeners can resonate with the fact that they've driven to work and they have no idea how they got there. Uh, It's because it's a habit that's been ingrained and it's kind of a scary feeling, but um, our brains like homeostasis. They, they want to be, you know, they don't want discomfort. And so we can look at habits as good habits and then bad habits, or I should say negative habits that aren't serving us. 
and then positive habits that are really helping us be the person that we want to be. And I think, um, so I just recently finished, um, if you follow me online, you probably see, I like always am reading some sort of nerdy book. I'm, um, I don't know, always like a self-help nerd, but, uh, this one's called the power to change. And, um, it's really good in the fact that you kind of just take an audit of like what you do every day, what habits do you have, whether they're good or bad, but just like how many hours are you spending on such and such things? So you can kind of just look at your day and think about, you know, what you repetitively do. That's kind of who you become right over time. And so I think that it was, it was a good assessment, just kind of like, you know, brainstorming through that. So I encourage our listeners to do that um, and kind of think about what, where those are coming from. So today I I wanted Chris um, to kind of share because this, you know, this is a process. I mean, she was last on stage in in 2020. So um, there's been like a lot of different seasons, like from that last time that you competed to now. And um, I know like last year when we were doing the recomp and everything, it was like a, a, a slow shift of incorporating a little bit new kind of like habits, I guess you would say maybe. Um, so I was wondering if you could shed some light just on some of the ways that you maybe like this time last year, if you think back, like, you know, what were some things that you were doing daily, um, that maybe like weren't serving you that you somehow corrected or, you know, some positive habits that you just basically kept doing and kept doing consistently to, you know, create the changes that you, that you have. I know that's like a very big question, but. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about how I wanted to approach it. So I know that last year, this time, um, I was looking to achieve some like fitness goal, like to see some change in my body to kind of like take a leap in the dieting direction since I really love like training and eating the improvement season. I kind of like settled there for a a time and I wanted to see some, like, I don't know. I wanted to see some change within my physique. I was like, okay, it's time to, I think everybody can kind of relate when they're, they reach that time of like, okay, it's time to like diet. Um, and but I was, I didn't want to be trapped into like a black and white thinking. I didn't want to be like, so focused on like a show date. Um, because I knew that it would probably just create some like habitual patterns that I had in the past that weren't as like healthy and balanced. It was more just like laser focused and like everyone get out of my way. And, uh, so I, (laughs) I decided that, uh, we would do, well, we talked about doing a mini cut, uh, you and I to kind of like reestablish some habits where like previously I hadn't been tracking my food because I wanted a break. And so we took different approaches to my nutrition and did it like incrementally so that I could get back into the habit of tracking my food, but not feeling restricted by tracking. Um, and then I've been pretty consistent with training, um, even in my improvement season and dieting, but, um, 
having an established like mini cut, like a goal helped me have that a little bit more focused as well, knowing like, okay, like this is a specific amount of time. So I need to be getting to the gym five times a week training, you know, these body parts and this frequency. And also it helped me incorporate some cardio back in again. Cause if you're like me, you don't love cardio. Um, and so it was like a good reason to kind of like test the waters of establishing some of these or putting some of these habits back into play without the huge pressure of a show. Yeah. I remember specifically, I think when you kind of made that commitment to say like, I want to recomp, um, I feel yeah. like protein was like loosely tracked and that was like one of the macronutrients yep. that we really focused on. Do you have any tips for our listeners on like if they've just been kind of under eating protein um, and been slacking on that aspect? Because I think sometimes that can happen. It's easy to do where like maybe you're under eating, you're not like even overeating or whatever, but um, that goal as bodybuilders, obviously, I think it played a huge role in you um, doing that recomp, like trading out muscle for fat and things like that. But yeah, I think I like, wasn't consistent. Like I would make sure that I had protein at like breakfast, lunch, dinner. But mm-hmm. when you, uh, when you're intentional with your protein intake, that's not always enough. And especially in the sport, that's not always enough unless you're eating. Like I, d- I wasn't eating the what I needed to basically with like protein amounts. So like, even if you eat like just protein at breakfast, lunch, dinner, but you're hitting your protein goal, that's fine. I'm not saying like, you can't do that. It was just that I wasn't tracking anything. So my loose tracking in the beginning before starting the mini cut was like, just have protein at breakfast, just have protein at lunch and just have some at dinner where the amounts weren't equivalent to what I actually needed to see the recon process happen. So even like, um, just kind of like going through my day after like, I hadn't been tracking and putting in like, what have I been eating and kind of taking an evaluation of like, what actually have I been consuming? And then once you have like a baseline of knowing where you're at, you can like make changes and adapt. So I could say like, okay, like some days I'm eating like, 100 grams of protein. Some days I'm eating, I don't know, like one, 120. Some days I'm eating like 70. Like, let's at least make that consistent. Let's set a goal for that, and make it consistent. Um, because this board does require a lot of that, like, I don't know, like consistency basically is the yeah. only word I can yeah. have right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, it is, basically. So, so yeah. So, like, we had like, macros set and the first thing like you said amy the first thing to focus on was like the protein and sometimes it was just like a protein and calorie goal Mm -hmm. um so that there were again some baselines that you know your total energy intake was being calculated and then that protein goal was being calculated as well and carbs and fats i could have a little flexibility with so i didn't feel like everything had to be so like precise um and that was like a nice segue into um like tracking nutrition. So I just want to point out to our listeners that basically you don't want to start everything all at once. And so kind of going to this 15 tips that we're going to kind of touch on a little bit today on developing good habits that work. Number one is start with small adjustments. 
And I think that you really are saying that there with, Mm -hmm. you know, there'd be, we would, you know, even just start with like, um, like five days, you know, you tracking that and then like the weekends going you, but like making small steps to get there and, you know, stacking these things on top of it. And one of the things that, um, the author of this book, um, that I just read the power of change, he says he, he encourages people to just try something for two minutes. So if you're going to run a marathon and you're completely out of shape, like you're not going to go out and run 26 miles, like as a training session, he's like, just go jog for two minutes, you know, and then maybe like increase it to three the next day. Um, I know that there's probably not a lot of runners that are <laughs> can relate to that, but, um, in your example with the protein, I think that's a good one. Um, I think the same thing with like, just trying to pick one single thing. I, I didn't, I don't want to like call anybody out, but, um, I just recently had, um, a person, one of my longtime competitors kind of like take a little bit of a break, um, because life, you know, and she came back and she wanted to do all the things like, put back in place all of her habits of being a like what she was doing as a competitor and it's so different it's so like polarizing so I just said okay let's I I looked at her check-in journal and I saw that she was only drinking like hardly any water so I said okay let's make this week just the goal to get an ounce per pound of body weight and we're just going to tackle that this week And I said, the next week we can think of another little, you know, habit that we can do. And one thing that she did was she put like a visual of a big water jug and she measured because you don't know where you're going if you don't take an audit. So like, I don't think she realized how much she was under drinking until she actually took that audit of the, the check-in. So I was like, okay, this is a, probably a pretty easy goal to, you know, a habit to, get back going. It's not like super difficult. I mean, not as difficult as like, you know, going to like from like zero working out to like going to the gym where, you know, like five days a week or something like that, but like just starting out small and maybe it's like, you've taken time off the gym. I know that wasn't like an issue that you were talking about, but a lot of people, they don't have trouble with the nutrition part. I mean, I wish I was that way, but I'm, I'm not like you where I'm like, the gym is easy, like to always go, no matter what my nutrition, if it's off or it's on, cause it makes me feel it's like an instant gratification, right? Cause it gives you those endorphins, makes you feel better. But some people aren't like that. They, they get to a point where they stop working out completely. And, um, you know, if you try to put too much in and you're not just like starting out with core exercises and body weight, like it can be a lot for your body to handle. And, yeah. um, you can get really sore and like even injure yourself if um, you're not like strengthening yourself from the core, but that's just my thoughts on that first one. Yeah. It makes sense. And then you lose momentum because you are now recovering from going too hard, too fast with workouts. And then it's just a perpetual cycle. So that just rings true of what you're saying about like making those small adjustments at first. Yeah. Okay. So where are habits born? Um, I just wanted to go over these four things. So one is the cue, two is the craving, three is the response and four is the reward. So I kind of talked about like 
the reward is how the behavior makes you feel. So for me, like working out makes me feel good, but also eating sweets in that short term kind of makes me feel good too, because you get that dopamine, right? So it's just like, you have to have your brain, um, you know, look at like your environment. Um, maybe like you're, you're spending too much time, um, on social media. Um, I had a friend recently tell me like you can have like an app that limits your amount of time. It puts a timer on your certain apps that you use and things like that. So maybe in your audit, you find, you know, I'm really just I'm on social media too much. The reward is that dopamine rush to your brain. Um, you are craving entertainment. So think of a way that you can entertain yourself that is going more towards your goals rather than just scrolling on social media. Um, what are some other examples that you could think of in that regard, like the craving? Um, I know one example they gave was like driving through a fast food joint on the way home. The craving is obviously greasy comfort food. Um, the response is get the food in the drive down, drive through. And then the reward is like that dopamine rush that you, that you have. So, um, I don't know if you can think of any other examples like triggers that, or things that maybe like you had going on last year that you've kind of like modified and changed your behaviors, um, in that regard. Yeah. So I think a lot of my habits from like what I can think of were like adding stuff back in versus like trying to avoid anything. Um, and maybe just like adjusting it into like healthy amounts maybe. Uh So, um, like instead of like, I love ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream people. Um, We are are (laughs) very alike. So, uh, like thinking about like, I'm going to start a mini cut and I'm going to cut out all ice cream mm-hmm. or like no sugar. I'm going to eat only whole foods was like, I wouldn't have lasted to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. Um, but knowing that like, okay, I am going to on the weekends, like kind of like we were talking about, I'm only try. I only want to track protein. I only want to track calories so that I can fit some like fun foods in there without being so like anal about carbs and fats and how like, you know, will the serving of ice cream actually fit in there? Like I had a little bit of flexibility in that aspect. And so like maybe kind of shifting into like not having ice cream every night and just having it on like two nights uh, a week and I could pick whatever week, like nights I want. I think the biggest thing for me was being able to have a choice um, and have flexibility so that my habits, I felt like I could formulate and fit for my lifestyle. Um, and that type of freedom was like, that was what I think helped me gain some consistency as well too. And like, I mean, honestly, I've been eating chocolate up till, I don't even know, maybe like a couple weeks ago, every day in my prep, like, just keeping things that I really like and enjoy in there. So it's not so, um, black and white. Yeah. On exactly. and off. Yeah. It's a dimmer switch, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I saw, I feel like I saw on your story or something, you have these like little balls of ice cream that Ooh, yeah. are they the Yasso? Is that what you tried? Cause I haven't yeah. had the Yasso. I obviously, I just make my own like protein ice cream at home, but 
Um, yeah, there, like. it's, it's frozen yogurt. And I actually like, so yeah, TC and I always like to, he's a big ice cream person too. So we like yes. to have like dessert together. Like our foundation is built on sugar and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but those like little Yasso balls, you could, I think I got them at Wegmans uh, or Whole Foods. Maybe. No, I think it was Wegmans. Um, but I couldn't find them anywhere. We just were like on one of our trips and he's like, oh, I really want ice cream. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I can actually fit in my macros. And they're a little like frozen yogurt balls and they're covered in hard chocolate. So if you like ice cream that has like that hard chocolate shell, you're getting that experience, but in like these like six or eight little bites. I don't remember how many are in the, the like tray. Um, and that was like a nice way for me to be able to like have like portion control mm-hmm. and also was less calories, like eating that whole entire thing than a pint of ice cream, which you can't buy ice cream any smaller than like those tiny little cups, which I feel like what's the point That's, yeah you're like what is this mad what is this noise cheese this is not Get this out of here but like I could have like those individual bites and experience like having the ice cream and like the hard chocolate shell and like those types of things in a season where I was trying I was like transitioning out from like being able to have high volume of like food but I still wanted to have a nice treat so I think it makes it like more of a dining experience in a way because you're, it's kind of similar to how I like break up parts of my, my meal. I never like mix things together. I eat them separately and like experience them and be like when you're really present with your food and it takes a while, right. To get through those six balls probably. Um, So then you're allowing your brain to trigger like, okay, I'm full. Cause it takes like 20 minutes to do that. And then you're not, I mean, it's so much faster, like with a spoon and a jar of ice cream or peanut butter, whichever your vice is, or if they're (laughs) both, um, to just have those like little frozen portions. I like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And people with the meal thing, they'll be like, you're eating again. Cause I'll just get up to go get my next course. And like my next course, I love it. (laughs) They're like, you're eating so much. And really I'm probably eating less than they are, but because I'm having to go up, get up and prepare the next Uh quote unquote course, uh, (laughs) like you said, it makes you feel like you're eating forever. And my dad is always like, I wish I could eat as much as you. And I'm like, dad, (laughs) you could probably eat more than me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know it's, it's a process. I'm like, constantly microwaving my next course and like bringing it to the table. Like as my family is eating out of their like giant plate or like bowl, but I'm like, here's the next tapas meal coming through. Like here's my sweet potato appetizer. Yes. I love that. Yes. I love it. Okay. So, um, on our list here of 15, we kind of talked about two and three already, but, um, number four is identify triggers and obstacles. Um, so, when we talk about cues, so we talked about that in this four, you know, the first one's like the cue. So maybe there's a place that initiates a habit loop. So maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're always like, it's like you're home after work and like you have that like craving for whatever it is um, that's like not serving you. Maybe you're exhausted from 
the day and you reach for us some alcohol or something to kind of like relax you. Um, time, time and place pretty much go hand in hand. So what time of the day, um, you know, are you a morning person? Like, do you exercise early in the morning? Um, do you tend to worry more and get more anxiety at night before you go to bed or, um, whatever that is, but time and place are some triggers. And then also like your mood. So mood can be just like, you know, if we're angry, we're alone. So we're lonely. Um, we're hangry. We've probably all felt that as competitors at some point or another. Um, a lot of times that mood can shift like our self-destructive behaviors, right? Or, I mean, our mood could also shift our positive behaviors. Like if we're feeling good, then we're yeah. more likely to do the habits that we love that are serving us. And then number four is moments. So just like, um, like you have a fight with your significant other or um, you're like triggered by something like you, you know, failed a test at school if you're in school, um, but you're like feeling disapproval. So you grab that carton of ice cream and just kind of like dig in as a coping strategy. Um, so number four is moments and then five is people. So just unfortunately, like the people that were around and fortunately, depending on who we choose, it can really feed into um, who we become and who our influence is. So with those five things, um, is there anything about, so you definitely are on the road a lot this year, um, you know, with having like variables of your places quite a bit. Um, do you ever find that triggering? And like, what are some ways that you've noticed, like some of these cues have popped up in relation to prep and kind of like how you've managed through those with the prep. So I know I give you like five different points kind of to speak on, but I don't know if you have examples of one or all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my personality loves consistency and routines. Um, I just, that makes me feel safe and secure. And that's how I've done a lot of my preps in the past. Um, and there is something to be said about like just having like a consistent routine when you're trying to accomplish so much, especially like career women, uh, moms, like there needs to be some type of like routine, I think just to get everything done and kudos to all of you ladies. Cause I know that that's like few and far between that actually everything runs exactly as planned, but um, I know for me with travel, some of the things that I, or we make as like an important aspect of how we plan it out is number one, sleep, I would say is like one of the most important things we try and make sure that we are like putting ourselves in a situation where we are going to be able to have a block of time for travel also stop and be able to like accomplish our workout. So we will schedule our workout around like, um, our travel schedule. And we are always intentional about like when we're going to arrive at a hotel so that we can actually like wind down, go to sleep and then plan the next day that we get up and get on the road again. So if there's been times where we have, gotten into somewhere late 
And it's that feeling of like, you don't know what need to take care of first. You're hungry. You want to get a shower. You want to go to sleep. You're like, just don't know what to do. And you're just a cranky, miserable person. Um, like we try, he's much more, he's better than I am. He's more flexible, but for the piece of the, the pack, um, <laughs> it's, of the pack. <laughs> Diego knows too. Mom needs to go to bed at a certain time. Um, <laughs> It's good just to have like that, like just to know what you need, basically. Mm -hmm. If you need that, you really, that's just part of who you are. You need to have that downtime to be able to actually go to sleep and get restful sleep and then wake up the next morning and be your best quality self, like block plan that in. And that's a big part of what's important for me. It makes me a better coach for my clients. It makes me a better girlfriend. It makes me a better athlete. Um, Aside from all the benefits that sleep actually brings you as an athlete, like just for my personality and my mentality, it's key. So with travel, we really try, sometimes it takes us a little bit longer to get to a destination because we're not doing 12 hour days where we're driving. Um, we're chunking it up and we maybe need to save a little bit more money to have those like stop stopping points where we can stop and get some rest. But that's number one and non-negotiable. And I think for both of us, um, it just makes the trip more enjoyable too. So, um, yeah. And then like, there's other aspects of, like I mentioned, we will like map out where we're going to stop and hit a gym. Like we don't want to be working out at like seven o'clock at night. Cause we were both like fried at that point, but we're mm-hmm. both not like super early morning working out people. Like we like to wake up and have breakfast and do some work. So we kind of like, we, strategize together on like our workout time. And that's a non-negotiable stop in our travels as well. Like we know we're going to drive three hours. We're going to get to a destination and that's going to be great. Cause we're going to be able to move our bodies, get some fluid, use the bathroom, walk Diego. Like it's, it, it's an intentional stop. And then just packing food. Like I <laughs> like a food anxiety I think of like just running out of food because uh especially like deep into prep like I think a lot of athletes can understand that um but making sure that we have our cooler uh like our plug-in cooler that runs off the car battery and has like stock chicken breast or our protein sources some frozen veggies like there's just sometimes having that stuff even if you don't use it because some people are like well I don't not deep into prep. I don't want to have to like do that. I want to be able to kind of eat out and choose some different things and still have my macros. That's fine. But it's also really good to have that as a backup. Um, because there are many times where you'll just be in a situation where your options are like subway or pizza hut and like, which is really fulfilling to you and which is actually going to help you with your goals where you can just kind of fall back on like, you know what, uh, I have protein and veggies and I carbs are easy to buy on the road as well too. So yeah, just planning, I think. And I think doing it so often, we kind of just know what type of routine we need to be in when we're on the road, making those uh, trips, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been like these last three weekends, I'm basically like on the road with yeah. my daughter with volleyball, but I also like same thing. Once shows start ramping up, it, you know, there's several weekends where it's like back to back, like in July. 
Um, and you just have to plan out your gym time, like for like leg day. So for example, like the hotel that I was in this weekend, it just had dumbbells and cardio. So I saved my shoulder day because I know that I can do that. And just kind of planning out your rest day, like on the one day that I had to wake up early to get my daughter to the games, like I planned my rest day because I'm like, I'm at the point where I don't wake up and you'll probably be shocked by this because I know you've woken up with me super early in the morning to like get a workout and before stuff. But like, I'm now in the mindset, <laughs> I think I've gotten older or something or more, I don't know, definitely not more mature, but um, I guess with my old age, I just, I realize that sleep is sometimes more important than getting a workout in and just yes. like taking a rest day and is more beneficial and yes. you're more likely to t- make better decisions with well-rested, um, like with your nutrition is what I've noticed is like when you wake up super early like that, you just, when you're tired, you and tired is another type of obstacle or trigger for me, um, with eating. I feel like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but, um, yes. but yeah, number five is just like, take time to think about what's holding you back. So like, do these assessments, you know, um, kind of assess your situation. Like what are the things that I need to do to take care of myself so that I'm in a good position that my brain is not worn out from X, Y, Z and kind of setting yourself in a good place, you know, making sure your times are not cueing you for a negative response. They're cueing you for positive responses, like your mood, same thing. And then those moments. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to share about the book. But what was that? I wanted to add something really quickly. Because what you mentioned about um, like making that decision to have a rest day over a workout day. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually like a milestone of maturity as an athlete. Because that's something that I've struggled with as well. I'm a very like, here's my instruction. My job is to execute it. And there's no excuses. Like I will... I've been the person who like my workout has run short and we'll go back to the gym to do like the last superset of exercises because it has to be completed. And I think that there is a level, I think it depends on like how, how long you've been doing this. There is a level where you do need to have that consistency to be able to formulate the habits and, and know that like silly things will not be an excuse to not like accomplish something. So like, Oh, I just feel tired. Like, uh, because I stayed up super late and I made this decision. And so I now I don't want to go to the gym and train. Like there are certain things. Like I think when you're a new competitor, you just have to like, know that there is no excuse. I do need to go do these things. But I think like once you've established those habits and they've become ingrained in you, then there's a maturity aspect of, understanding your body and knowing, like, like you said, Amy, like you, we both know you have events coming up and you need to know like how to like make decisions that are actually going to be like, it may not, you may need to take two or three rest days because of travel, the event and like what's going on. But you know, that trying to squeeze in a workout in the midst of all of that activity is actually going to cause more stress, interrupt you know, uh, more your sleep, it's going to cause, uh, like other anxieties. And so like the, actually the better decision is to take those rest days. Like that's something that Mm -hmm. I've had to learn to do 
especially going to like clients shows and stuff like that. It's just, it causes more stress and takes away from like my sleep if I'm trying to squeeze too much. in. so like, that's, I think, uh, and I'm still learning that I still never get it all the way. Right. I still like, feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, that's what I should be doing. But I think that that's great that you have, um, made those like adjustments because I think that a, true athlete has that good intuition and that's developed over time. And you can make those decisions knowing that you're doing the best for yourself and you're not failing because you're, you know, you're, you're taking that inventory, like you've been talking about and making the change. So I don't know if that makes sense, but (laughs) yeah, it totally does. I, I mean, I'm, I definitely think that it's taking me time even just to take a rest day. I mean, I've been doing it for the last several years, but I mean, when I was first starting out, it was just like team all day, every day. And that's not good for your body either. You're not going to have a 100% workout if you're never allowing your muscles to recover and your CNS and you're just, you're always going to have like at best an 80% intensity in my opinion. And I never learned that until I actually took the time to sharpen the saw, so to speak, um, by taking a rest day and then realizing like, man, my, because I allowed my body to recover this like leg workout is so much better. And, you know, it just, your intensity goes up when you allow your time to heal basically. Yeah. More is not always better. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking along the lines of, um, nutrition and, um, I was talking with a competitor that she's just starting out. She's never competed. And, um, we were going out to a restaurant, um, and she was having like a lot of anxiety about what, um, like, she's like, I've never eaten out. I can't do this on prep. Like I, you know, I need to stick to my foods and everything. I'm like, no, like, let's take a look at the menu. And she saw like, okay, there's a turkey breast. There's like, a salad, there's salmon that's grilled, like there's options. Um, and it's one of those things too, just like with, um, like how you were saying, planning out the workouts, like knowing, okay, I'm going to be on the road and this gym's not going to be as great or like whatever, like planning out what workouts, but you also need to kind of do that for meals too. If you're going to have some semblance of a life, (laughs) um, if you, you know, if you're in bodybuilding, you need to be able to do this year round it's not something that you can just do in small increments and take a break and be successful. So it is the prep life, right? So when you're thinking about that too, like, I mean, for example, I knew like we were going out for a celebration dinner with the team on Saturday. Um, and, you know, we often do that with our, our girls, with the athletes at the shows and things like that. And so you just have to kind of like plan the rest of your day. And it just takes a little bit of preparation, but like just planning ahead and making sure that you're saving, you know, some macros for like some healthy choices, or if you have like a free meal or something like that, but just kind of planning those things out. So you don't get anxiety about food and making sure that it works. Um, because the other one was, uh, get support from your family and friends. And I think that the more you drain and tap that, avenue of like not supporting your social life and like being present with your family and certain activities. I think it's hard to try to get that buy-in on 
them supporting your goals if you're constantly telling them no and like being a hermit and not like participating. But Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts about like, just like how things like with your family um, and friends, like how positive experiences with habit change that you've experienced with them, or maybe like some negative ones to kind of avoid? Yeah. So I think that um, with something that I tell my clients is to definitely have the conversation with people beforehand, if you can, like if you're going to go hang out with your girlfriend and typically in the past, your activity is like breakfast and mimosas, like just talk to her and say like, I'm really excited to like spend some time with you and like at her breakfast place. Just want you to know that like, uh, I'm working on this like fitness goal and I've kind of removed, you know, like alcohol from the, from my nutrition right now. And like, just kind of like let her know what's going on so that she's not like going to this event and uh, expecting a certain type of situation. And then, then it's harder to say, no, it's harder when you're like in front of the person and they have the expectation and you're like, uh, by the way, um, just like if you have a relationship with someone, just have the conversation, I think is the first thing to do. Like if we're visiting family, I'll let them know, like, Hey, by the way, um, I'm like six weeks out from a show and so my nutrition is going to be a little bit strict, but I'm really looking at looking forward to having time together. And maybe there's some other activities that we could, that are not like food central, uh, that you can suggest to the person as well too. So they feel like you're putting in an effort and not just like taking away. Um, and then you will, you will have people that will either make a comment, um, either about like your physique or your eating habits it happens to me a lot. Um, but I just know that this is who I am. And that's one thing that I did do, uh, before I started dating TC, um, I told him just like, I just want you to know, like some non-negotiables about me. I'm a bikini competitor. This is what my lifestyle looks like. This is not going to change. So if you're okay with that, then like, great if not it's totally okay no hard feelings like I don't want to make you uncomfortable this is just something that I do and it's part of who I am so I think when we also reach that aspect of it being part of our identity just hard in the beginning because you're like not sure like am I a competitor I haven't even gotten on stage yet and I'm like doing all these habits my family's like confused about um just like stick to your guns. Like, even if it's like a, a health goal, you don't know who's watching and who's in, who's being influenced by it. And even if they're making a negative comment, a lot of times it's coming from insecurities in themselves. Uh, most recently someone had said like, Oh my gosh, you're skinny, too skinny. You're just so skinny. And I just kind of like sit there and smile. And I was like, I'm first of all, I'm wearing my boyfriend's clothes because they're really baggy. So it's making the situation look so much worse. (laughs) And also like, I get it. Like, this is not what you're used to. This is, and I know that I'm not like, that's the other thing too. Like, I know that as like a bodybuilding competitor, uh, I'm in a great spot. So like whatever that perception is, that's okay. That's your perception based off of your experiences. And I didn't even say anything. I just stood there and smiled and I was like, 
yeah, I'd love to eat more. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and then you just kind of have to like, like shift perspective and realize like for, for it to be okay for you, you have to understand that that person is perceiving it from a different perspective and whether they come around or not, like just being solid and knowing that like, this is who I am. And I think you have a good example of this as well too, Amy, of like habits and people that you're around and um, them kind of like coming to acceptance. Like you were talking about your step goal before the, uh, or yeah. Step. yeah, before we talk about that though, it's funny because I, my next book that I've been listening to is called the compound effect book. And I actually thought of you. Um, I just remember when you like kind of before you and TC got together, um, and you were, you were dating people and I thought it was a really cool idea for you. Like you basically took an assessment of basically like what your ideal person is, but in that you like, basically it was like your non-negotiable list. Like, so you had that established in your mind. So I almost feel like doing that process, like led you to TC and your great relationship because you already took your, like you audited what you wanted in a relationship and that allowed you to find them. So maybe we'll do the compounding effect um, book later, but um, yeah, just this weekend, it was funny because um, like a lot of the moms, I know a lot of them because, you know, Addie's, my daughter has played with like their daughters and now they're on like other teams. And one of the moms, she was like, Oh, you're getting in your steps and she's not even on the team currently, but they just kind of know now, like, you know, I'm not just like wandering around with my headphones on like a weirdo, but like <laughs> I'm getting in my steps, you know, um, and trying to get my exercise in. But, um, I think people just start to recognize like, you know, once you you're in a certain, you're making certain choices. Like, I feel like once they understand that and know that, then they're pretty cool about it. Like you were saying with the mimosa thing, like, I'm sure that friend would be fine with you drinking coffee while she's drinking a mimosa. Like you're enjoying each other's company. But I think sometimes we get stuck in our heads. Like we need to just like stop all social situations and like have all these controllables. And, um, you know, I might get triggered by this or like, I can't be in this certain place or around these certain people, but just kind of thinking about it in a way like that you can get a cute positive response rather than a negative is like what I think is important at the end of the day. So, um, organically we've kind of covered a lot of these 15, um, you know, I think the last one, number 15 is just focus on the one habit at a time. Um, that kind of like pulls it all together and kind of summarizes that. I just feel like you, if you can just start small and, you know, tackle a few things at a time, do it in bite-sized chunks rather than trying to go like, you know, a 180 from who you used to be to who you are now. It's even for high level competitors like Chris, like you could see like this was a process. Uh, She's in a totally different spot now since last year. And it's just, it takes time and it takes like slow incremental, um, you know, steps, but having clear in your mind, like what it is you want and making sure that you're setting up your environment to you and your habits so that they're on autopilot eventually. But, um, yeah, just taking it one step at a time. Do you have anything to add before we sign off on that? 
Yeah, I think you don't even need, like, I remember last year, I wasn't even sure if I was going to compete again. Um, so I don't think you have to know, like, the whole timeline of all the things that you want to do. Um, and sometimes if you're overwhelmed by that idea, it's good to just establish, like, a shorter-term goal, like we did. Like, I was like, all right, well, I, I do know I want to get some of this body fat off, so let's do a mini cut. And just taking it in, in those types of steps. But you're right, Amy, like, having a goal is what is going to help you, like, keep those habits. Um, because just, like, an ambiguous, like, I want to be healthy – um, you should know like why you, you want to be healthy so that, um, when it comes time, when you're faced with those things of like, you know, I'm emotionally charged or I'm facing this temptation, you can go back to like knowing, okay, but I did say when I was not emotionally pulled in these different directions that this is what I wanted. So in a stable state, this is what I want. So I need to kind of like revisit that. Um, and that's where I think sometimes like our emotions can dictate like what we want in the moment. And so like having that established, I think is very important. And just knowing that it's okay to have like you know, a, a short-term goal and not have like a long-term thing. Cause as soon as I like did the mini cut and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, this is like creating momentum and I'm, I'm liking where I'm going. Then it can like, you can build off of it from there. But um, yeah, I think definitely having the freedom to make some decisions of how quickly I wanted to establish some habits. Um, and that was just coming from a place of feeling very like overwhelmed by doing all of the things yeah I think is good advice as well hope is not lost if you're feeling like oh I just can't get back into all of these things again just do like pick two or three things focus on that and I also would remember remind myself like if I wanted to derail from the consistency of doing the habit over time I was putting myself back a couple places by by having to start over the habit again so like just saying to myself like by telling myself that I'm going to stick to this plan it's going to actually help me help this be easier next time around um so yeah there are a lot of like mentality shifts but I think we covered a lot of the big basics yeah and I mean progress isn't linear so you're gonna have like some setbacks and um, you know, just at that time that a setback occurs, do another audit, you know, maybe yeah. there's something you're missing that is making this harder on your brain than it needs to be. And you're exerting more energy than you actually are really like truly recognizing. So yeah, yeah I encourage all of our listeners, um, let us know if you end up doing this audit and it kind of helps with you establishing some new habits and routines that are positive and impact your life. Uh, we always like to hear from our listeners. So we always appreciate any sort of ratings or reviews it just helps other people that are interested in the same topics find us. Um, so that's the only payment we ask from you is just, you know, keeping it ad free. We're going to do our best, but we just want other people to be helped out too. So um, if you can pass it along, share it on Instagram. We're found at Prep Life Podcast and at Glam Girl Bikini on IG. And then if you'd like to apply for your unicorn prep, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. So with that, 
This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, everyone.